You're listening to the Soul Source Podcast. I'm your host, Raquel Lamel. Soul Source exists to share stories that are shaping our world today. We're going straight to the source of the information to give you the best insight on topics and show you what's being done about these issues, as well as how you can help to make a difference. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're about to get started. Younger generations often rely on technology now to stay close, while older adults may not have access to that technology or be familiar with that technology. Hello, I am Raquel Amel, host of Soul Source, and I want to start off today's podcast by telling you a personal story about myself. During this whole COVID-19 lockdown situation, about two months ago or so, my elderly grandma started to get even more impacted by her dementia. She was getting up in the middle of the night, and my dad, he was living with her at the time, trying to keep her in her own home, but it had gotten to the point now with her getting up in the middle of the night that he just couldn't fully take care of her the way that she needed anymore as he's still working a full-time job himself. Ultimately, it ended up leading to her needing to be placed in a memory care assisted living center for her own safety. While she struggled initially and continues to struggle to adjust to life in her quote-unquote new home, what has made it even more difficult is the fact that COVID-19 has so many of these older adult care facilities on lockdown. What do I mean by this? Well, She's only allowed to see one visitor every two weeks. So as a woman who is losing her memory, she can only physically see, touch, and hug the people she loves for maybe an hour-long visit every two weeks. Otherwise, we have to schedule a FaceTime or a Zoom call if we want to see her. Now, I understand the safety measures that are in place, and I'm not faulting those at all. We've all heard the stories about the nursing homes where there's major outbreaks that happen, and the population is not able to beat that illness as they're older and just not able to fight off disease the same way someone who's younger can. But you also have to wonder what this preventative measure is doing to our older population, because there are a lot more than just my grandma in this situation. I know there's a lot of people who are battling this right now. Today's guest is Dr. Craig Thomas. He serves as the Center for Disease Control's Director of Population Health within the CDC's National Center for Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion. He's here to shed a little light on how the older adult population is dealing with social isolation and loneliness at this time and ways that we can help them, even though we can't always physically be there right now. Dr. Thomas, I want to thank you, first off, for being here on Soul Source today. Thank you, Raquel. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you today. This is really exciting, and I'm glad you're here to dive into some of this. Can you tell me a little bit about your role at the CDC, though, to start? Because I read your title, and it's quite long. Um, can you dumb that down a little bit for us? What are you in charge of specifically? Certainly, I, and it is a question we get a lot. I'm in charge of a broad portfolio of programs and research activities that focus on improving population health across the life course, including Alzheimer's disease, aging, arthritis, epilepsy, mental health and emotional well-being. We focus on um, healthy schools, healthy tribes, and of course, population health data and analytics. We are the CDC. Um, I joined uh, the agency back in 1998 and have had held leadership positions across a number of public health programs over the years. I started out in HIV and AIDS prevention. I've worked in public health preparedness and response and um, actually had an opportunity to work for the offices state, local, tribal, and territorial support for several years. But most recently, I started as the director for the Division of Population Health within the National Center for Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion. And I've had a long history of not only doing programmatic work to support states, locals, tribes, and territories, 
but also also authored over 40 peer-reviewed publications, book chapters, and love to teach when I can on the topics of public health practice, program evaluation, and applied research methods. Wow, that's quite the resume there. So I'm, I'm talking with you today, doctor, because I saw that there was a, a study that was conducted and it's on the CDC's website. And that's where I came across it. It, it was done before the pandemic and it showed, showed that the older adult population felt socially isolated before COVID-19. Can you explain a little a bit about how social isolation and loneliness, they impact someone's health? Yes, I'm so glad we get to talk about this because it's such an important topic, especially right now. So people are by nature social and high quality relationships um, can help people live longer, healthier lives. Loneliness and social isolation, or I'll probably refer to it as isolation, are serious risks to the public health because they can affect a significant number of people in the United States, particularly now as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. But before jumping into the details of the study, let me explain a little bit about the difference between social isolation and loneliness. So loneliness is a subjective feeling of being alone, regardless of the amount of social contact or people around you. So in the case of you may be surrounded by family members or friends or loved ones, but still feel very lonely. Um, On the other hand, social, social isolation is the lack of meaningful relationships. So that's under the circumstances where people lack social support that we all need to feel good and to feel healthy. Both are under-recognized as risk to the public's health. It's also important to note that some people prefer being alone. And for those that do, they may not experience the same risks. However, there's a strong evidence that many adults, particularly those 50 and older, experience social isolation and or loneliness in ways that do put their health at risk. Can you explain that a little more? How so? What are the health risks for someone who's older and feeling socially isolated and or lonely? Although it's hard to measure social isolation and loneliness precisely, recent studies, even before the COVID-19 pandemic, found that social isolation increases the person's risk of premature death from all causes, a risk that rivals those of smoking, obesity, and being physically inactive. And a recent study from the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine shows that social isolation was associated with a 50% increased risk of dementia. In addition, the lack of social relationships was associated with a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. And maybe, not so surprisingly, loneliness was associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. Wow, those numbers you just, those percentages, those are significant. I know we mentioned that study earlier that showed that even before COVID, older adults were experiencing greater social isolation and loneliness than other age groups. Can you explain why that was? Why before the pandemic? Sure. That's a great question because older adults are at higher risk of feeling lonely or socially isolated. And although loneliness and social isolation occurs throughout one's lifespan at various points, Younger generations often rely on technology now to stay close, while older adults may not have access to that technology or be familiar with that technology. In addition, older adults are more likely to live in physically isolating conditions without social contact, such as living alone or in long-term care facilities or um, uh, older adult uh, living communities or even hospice. Alternatively, older adults may be living with others but lack those meaningful relationships which obviously recreates more loneliness. They may have lost a spouse, family members, loved ones, or even friends. And older adults may have physical disabilities, such as hearing or vision loss, 
that can be socially isolating too. Older adults with dementia in particular um, are relevant to our conversation today because data show that approximately 25% of those living with dementia live alone. Many people think of older adults as being really old, for example, people in their 80s or 90s, but the reality is that three out of 10 adults in the U.S. age 45 and older feel lonely, and this was even before COVID-19. In addition to older adults, research also suggests that immigrant and marginalized groups such as the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community also experience loneliness and isolation more often than other groups. That's an interesting fact. Can you uh, explain that one a little bit more? Why are the immigrant LGBTQ populations feeling that way? So immigrants, for example, have fewer social ties and lower levels of social integration than U.S.-born citizens. If you think about first-generation immigrants um, in particular, they experience stressors that can increase their social isolation, such as language barriers or differences in the community that they're used to living in or family dynamics and new relationships that lack depth or even history. Similarly, LGBT populations tend to have more loneliness than their heterosexual peers because of stigma, discrimination, and barriers to care. These results were also highlighted in the National Academy report I just mentioned, so it's really important to understand the effects social isolation and loneliness can have on those that experience discrimination. We'll be right back after this short break. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, you'll want to listen up. I can tell you firsthand, starting the Soul Source podcast has been a ton of fun and is one of the best decisions I've made in my professional career. But it can definitely feel overwhelming if you don't know how to get started. That's where this awesome company called Buzzsprout comes in. Buzzsprout is by far the easiest and best way to launch a professional podcast. In fact, it's so good, they've already helped more than 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Buzzsprout will get your podcast into every major podcasting platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, just to name a few. You also get a great-looking podcast website, audio players you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new podcasts, YouTube episodes, and blog posts every week. These helped me immensely learn the ins and outs of podcasting from the experts in the business. And to start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and it also helps support SoulSource. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Welcome back. I want to go back to COVID-19 here. What impacts do you think this pandemic is having on loneliness and social isolation, especially among that older adult population? I'm glad we can talk about this because the health impact of loneliness and social isolation is even worse now as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Though social isolation or social distancing, as I prefer, is, is disproportionately affecting older adults, it is imperative that older adults are vigilant in taking care of themselves as the risk for severe illness from COVID-19 increases with age, with older adults at highest risk. Severe illness means that the person with COVID-19 may require hospitalization, intensive care, a ventilator, and are at greater risk for death. Older adults are also at increased risk of stress and anxiety associated from COVID-19. Because of that increased risk, CDC is advising older adults to limit interactions as much as possible with other people and to avoid activities where taking protective measures may be difficult. This is really important as we approach the holiday season. 
it's imperative that we take the necessary precautions to protect ourselves and the older adults in our lives. CDC just published new guidance that addresses this issue as we head into the holiday season. Although these guidelines are designed to protect the public's health by preventing the spread of COVID-19, they do increase levels of social isolation and loneliness. So taking a long-term perspective is a really healthy way to overcome these temporary but necessary recommendations. We will get through this, but for now, the best thing everyone can do to prevent the spread of COVID-19 is to practice social distancing, wear face coverings consistently and correctly, and to frequently wash their hands. That is something we have been hearing, I feel like, since the beginning of this, way back in March. Um, Can you talk to me about some of the symptoms of loneliness and isolation, and are they different with this older adult population than what people might expect? So typically, it again starts from a mental health perspective. So they may be feeling tired, um, very listless, not interested in topics and or conversation. They also may have um, have trouble sleeping, um, and so they they may complain a bit about the the lack of sleep or they're not sleeping well. And they also could have a, you know a series of, of physical symptoms such as aches and pains and or just not feeling themselves. Those are real important signs uh, that you need to be mindful of when talking with your um, older adult uh, loved one, simply because those could be early signs that they're experiencing some stress or distress associated with social isolation and or loneliness. Those are great. Those are great tips to look for, for sure. Because some of them, you know, could just you could just easily pass off as just, you know, just another day or just getting old. So that's good to know. Uh, Craig, can you tell me a little bit about what some of the symptoms of COVID-19 are and maybe how those can be different in the older adult population? So older adults and people of any age, really, with underlying health conditions may have symptoms that are not typically seen, or they may take longer to develop a fever or other symptoms. Interestingly, in older adults, normal body temperature is often lower than in younger populations, with a normal oral temperature closer to 97 degrees Fahrenheit compared to 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. This means that for older adults, their temperature response to infection may be different, including viral infections, such as the virus that causes COVID-19. Similarly, there's some evidence that older adults, patients with confirmed COVID-19 have presented with lower fevers than their younger counterparts. Because of the potential for that severe illness from COVID-19, it's critical that these older adults get in touch with their healthcare providers if they start feeling sick, or if COVID-19 is suspected. Speaking of healthcare providers, if I may, uh, another unexpected outcome of COVID-19 pandemic on older adults is due to concerns about or hesitation in visiting healthcare facilities. The healthcare community is concerned that many may not be seeking routine or preventative care or may even be delaying care. In fact, four in 10 U.S. adults reported avoiding medical care because of concerns related to COVID-19. And in a recent CDC's Morbidity Mortality Weekly report published back in June, there was a 42% decrease in emergency department visits this spring compared to the same time frame last year. Some are postponing in-person care due to concerns about infection. Others may not have access to telehealth. The long-term consequences of not getting this care is, is not yet known. Even during the COVID-19 pandemic, people who experience a medical emergency should always seek care without delay. So, Dr. Thomas, um, can you tell me a little bit about the people who are caregivers for adults? That's another group here. What about them in all of this? And do they feel socially isolated at all? 
Really good question. Thank you for bringing it up, Raquel. Caregivers who are family members, friends, and neighbors are critically important to assisting many older adults in maintaining their independence and, and overall well-being. They are, they are really key. Caregivers may manage everyday activities like cooking, cleaning, managing health conditions and medications, which is so important, and keeping their medical appointments. But their lack of involvement can lead to poorer health outcomes, including preventable hospitalizations. During COVID-19, caregivers are more like visitors in healthcare settings instead of essential providers. Ultimately, caregivers are essential to caring for their loved ones during this pandemic, especially when the individuals they are caring for have pre-existing conditions such as cognitive impairment or Alzheimer's disease. They know the essentials required for their patients to receive the best care possible, such as medications and medical history, as well as recognize important changes in behavior or symptoms sooner than those not familiar with the person. When they cannot provide those essential services, the results for caregivers is increasing guilt of, you know, over the long-term care placement of their, of their loved one, along with increased stress and worry about that person's care and safety. And since I'm on the subject of caregiver health, caregivers need to have the resources and permission to take care of their own health as they are at increased risk for severe illnesses for COVID-19, as well as isolation and loneliness too. Caregivers may experience increased stress due to heavy workloads, fatigue, and other situations that come with an emergency. So CDC recommends very clearly that caregivers have a backup caregiver or a plan in place in case they get sick or need a break. Caregivers get sick at home and continue to provide care. They are urged to follow CDC's recommended guidance as much as possible to protect themselves and others. For example, wearing a cloth face covering, cleaning and disinfecting the home, while still providing that care. And of course, care plans are key, especially if there are multiple caregivers involved in providing care. That is such great advice. And I want to touch on one more group here. This is the group I personally fall in. Um, and it's the rest of us who were on the outside and we're looking in at our older loved ones. How can we be there during this time where we're being told it's safer to stay away and, and social distance? What can we do to help those who are experiencing loneliness and social isolation right now? Well, and this is definitely a personal um, question for you because I know you've had some challenges with even the care of your grandmother. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really difficult time during this pandemic. People should do what they're comfortable with. With the growth of new technology, we know that social interactions and conversations with, for example, artificial intelligence may be effective tools for social engagement for older adults. We also know that nearly all adults age 50 or older interact with the healthcare system in some way. For those without social connections, a doctor's appointment or a visit from a home health nurse may be one of the few face-to-face -face encounters they have. This represents a really important opportunity to identify people at risk for loneliness or social isolation. Your healthcare provider can assess your risks for loneliness and social isolation and get you connected to community resources for help. There are several national organizations that offer wonderful resources, such as the Area Agencies on Aging, I call it the AAA, uh, the Alzheimer's Association, which offers a free 24-7 helpline at one 800 272-3900. Users can browse helpful information and resources for those living with or caring for someone with Alzheimer's or other dementias. There's also the Elder Care Locator, 
which is a free national service that helps find local resources for seniors, such as financial support, caregiving services, and transportation. And AARP, which we all should be familiar with if we're over 50, provides helpful information to seniors to help improve quality of life and provide access to community connection tools. And I'd be remiss in if I didn't mention CDC's Alzheimer's Disease and Healthy Aging Program. We carry and house information about COVID-19 and older adults on the website, as well as access to resources and support for people who may be feeling socially isolated or lonely. Listeners can find that information at cdc.gov forward slash aging. And we will make sure to have those links and those resources posted in the show notes on this podcast for listeners to be able to access those resources. Dr. Thomas, I can't thank you enough. This is such important information, like I, like you said before, for me personally, but also just for so many people out there right now. So thank you for shedding some light on this important topic and helping us just kind of find ways to get through this pandemic and social isolation and supporting that older population. It's my pleasure, Raquel. Have a great holiday. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more Soul Source, subscribe to our show. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's something you want us to talk about on the show, we can do that too. We have a Facebook group called the Soul Source Society. It is where we interact with listeners, share special content only seen in that group, talk about shows, get ideas for future podcasts, and overall, we just have a lot of fun. That's Soul Source Society on Facebook. We hope to see you there. Soul Source is brought to you by Red Shoes Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Soul Source and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com.